Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. How's everybody doing this evening? Good, great. These are all good, good words to use. Good, great, awesome. You know, we've been, God has been placing and pressing on me about the power of our words. And Brother Paul has been teaching on the power of our words. And it is just, it's powerful. It's so powerful, the words that we say. And the Lord has really been really been speaking to me personally about healing and about what healing is and how it manifests and not only how do we get it and receive it in our life, but how do we keep it in our life. And the Lord really has been working on me, and I'm not going to necessarily teach on this tonight, but I really feel like there's three components, there's three major components to healing in our life. And one is the component where we have to believe in faith and receive in faith that we serve a wonderful, glorious God and that His perfect will is for us to be physically healed. And then there's a second piece of it that the Scriptures, and Jesus even says it over and over, says, go and sin no more after He's healed. And there's an element of our healing in us that we have to remove and break sin in our life. And there's, I mean, there is medical studies done on how bitterness is linked to cancer. I mean, these are like direct things. So the bitterness, the sin in our life opens the door for the enemy to come in and place a sickness and disease which has no right to be there, but we've given it place to be there. We've given it a right to be there based on that. And we have to, we have to break that sin. We have to shut that sin down. We have to receive our healing and we have to work internally to continue to ha- see that um, healing manifest in our life. And then the third component of it is the words that we say and the words that we speak. Because I don't know of, and maybe there's a few, but the healings that we have seen, that I have seen supernaturally that have occurred, the enemy always tries to bring that back. He's not going to just lay down and be like, oh, that's good, good for you. Like, I'm not going to ever try to bring that back. He will bring back symptoms. He will bring back thoughts. He will bring back all these things that we have to use our words and the power of our words to speak over that situation. Say, no, 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 no. I am healed in Jesus' name. And we begin to really speak and pave our path as we speak and pave our path for the future that we're walking on. So really, God's been working on me in that. I don't know if we'll do some teachings on that on Wednesday night, but really I see these, this healing kind of wrapped up in these three uh, dynamic, spiritual, supernatural things that um, I really want to work on. But there's a testimony that came in. I'm going to share this on Sunday as well. But I just got this, and... Um, I'm not sure if the person wants to be named or not, but I'm just going to read it. It says, I came to church with pain in my right side and nausea. The person came up for prayer, and the pain went away immediately. Nausea left immediately. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We serve a healing God. He is a good God. He is a healing God. He does good, and He always does good. Praise the Lord. Well, let me start... This evening, and Rich, I don't have the scripture up, but I was reminded, I reminded myself that I told everybody on Sunday 
that we need to read Psalm 103 each and every day to all this week leading up to it. And I realized that today that I had not read that. And so then I read it earlier and I said, you know what? I'm just going to read it tonight for everybody so that everybody has a chance, at least who's here, to have Psalm 103 verses 1 through 6 read uh, over their lives tonight. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. Thank you, Jesus. He redeems our life from destruction. Thank you, Lord. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Such a loving God. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this word over this church, over our lives, over this week leading up to Easter. We thank you that you have paid the price for all of these things and you've made them available to each and every one of us. And this evening we receive each and every one of those. We receive that forgiveness that you've given us. We receive the healing that you've paid for. We thank you and worship you that you've redeemed us from destruction. We thank you, Father, that you crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. We thank you, Father, that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. And we thank you, Father, that each and every day we can be renewed. Our minds can be renewed. Our bodies can be renewed. Our spirit man can be renewed each and every day. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to pick up this evening where we left off last week. And I believe we were in 1 John. Chapter 2, and it was around verse 14, but that's where I'm going to start uh, tonight at verse 14. And we've been walking through uh, the book of 1 John. We're on chapter 2 right now. It says, I have written to you fathers. Now, if you remember from previous weeks, this is the second go-around on this. He's talking to children, he's talking to fathers, he's talking to young men, and this is the second go-around in talking to fathers Uh, And young men here. In verse 14, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. We have an opportunity to know him. To know him. And I think so often, even myself, I walk around each day and I don't even begin to comprehend and recognize the absolute wonderful blessing that it is that we get to know him. We get to know him, the God of the universe. He created all of this. He created us. Everything that we see, he's created. He is a wonderful and perfect, loving God, and we get to know him. I mean, just sometimes I just, I wonder, like, I can't, you can't even wrap your head around how amazing it is. That individually, not through somebody else, not through another avenue, we individually Get to know him, the God of the universe, the God of all gods. We get to know him. And so, I mean, we think of, you know, I know my wife, and I know everybody, actually everybody in this room, I know all of you. But I get to know him 
better. I actually get a, I have a chance to know him better than I can know all of you. And what a wonderful privilege that is. And I don't think that we should take that lightly, ever. We should never take that lightly. And I ask myself, well, how do I get to know someone? I have to spend time with them. I have to spend time with them. How did I get to know this beautiful lady? I had to spend time with her. I had to spend time with her. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sit down and you have to read your Bible for four hours a day. If God's telling you to go do that, then go do that. That's great. But it means just abiding with him each and every day, all day long. Paul says pray continuously. Pray continuously. All that is is being in an attitude of saying, I am in connection with God continuously throughout my day. And when we act and we walk that way, when things come up, we respond quite differently if we can keep that attitude of being in prayer continuously. Because I know in my own life, when I'm not doing that, I'm not intentional about doing that, and one of my kids maybe does or says something, whoo, I don't exactly respond as the loving father, as our loving father responds to us many times. And it's just all about knowing him and abiding with him. It says, I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. Young men, the word of God can abide in you and you have overcome the wicked one. What overcomes the wicked one? The word of God abiding inside of us. The word of God abiding on the inside of us. This is why we get... This is why we always talk about reading the Bible, memorizing scripture, doing your devotions, spending time in prayer. Because what we have realized over the course of many, many, many years, all of us have begun to realize that the word of God abiding on the inside of us, what does it do? It overcomes the evil one, the wicked one. This is the key. This is the, one of the major keys to success in a victorious life is to be able to overcome the wicked one. We have to have God, God abiding in you. How do we do that? It's with the word of God. And it's interesting, it says, I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. They have been trained. Somebody was intentionally pouring into these young men that he was writing to. We, as a church, we need to be pouring into other people in our lives and training them, training our children in the way that they should go, helping our coworkers in the way they should go. People that God has put in your life, we need to help them, encourage them. In order to be strong, we must be in, we have to train. You know, you look at athletes all the time, and our, our girls, most of our girls, four of the first four already, are all studying and, and, and practicing ballet. But the amount of training that they do the amount of time and effort that they put in in perfecting each move and strength and training and all the practice that they do, they're becoming strong in ballet. Same with us is we have to become strong in the word of God because we are in a battle and in a fight each and every day and in the battle is it with the wicked one. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against ourselves. It's against the wicked one. And so we must train, and we must have a trainer in our corner. And praise the Lord, if we don't even have a, if we don't have a mentor or someone that is pouring into us, we have the Holy Spirit available to us. 
We have the Holy Spirit available to us in every situation. And so when you're walking along and you're by yourself and a situation comes up and there's no one to turn to, to ask for help, there's no one to say, oh my goodness, what do I do in this situation? The Holy Spirit's available. And all we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Tell me what to say. And the Bible over and over, it's, and, the, and Jesus commanded, just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak. Because the disciples are like, well, what should I say? When I, what, what should I do? What should I say? Don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. He is our ultimate trainer. Verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in this world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, so I struggle with this a little bit. Because I use the word that I love football, and I'm pretty sure that football is of the world. So I'm thinking about like watching my words, and maybe I like football, maybe I don't love it, but I don't want to, and I want us all to be careful. There should be nothing on this earth that we desire more than our relationship with Jesus. There should be nothing, and if there is something, and if we recognize that there's something, we need to repent for that, and we need to start running to Jesus running to him with everything that we have and all that we are. You know, we talked about getting t-shirts made, and I know, Jerome, I'm, I'm working on it. It's going to be a little bit, and we've talked about different t-shirts, and one of the t-shirts I want to get, is says, not normal. Amen. Not normal. And they'll say, what do you mean that you're not normal? What does that mean? It says, because I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want to be like this world. I don't want to be in love with the things of this world. Sure, nice cars are nice. I like nice cars. I do. I don't have one, but I like nice cars, and that's okay. But we cannot let those things of the world come before the things of God. The things of the world, power, fame, money, turning to the world for help, for relief. In verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. What is the lust of, lust of the flesh? It's what we want and when we want it. I mean, this, guy, this, is, like, this is like an ultimate battle, like you know, every day of our life. What we want and when we want it. I want my coffee and I want it now when I wake up. If I want my avocado toast, I want it now. And we, a lot of times, have a very hard time sitting down and just being patient for things. We live in a world that is, has basically given us almost everything instantaneously. We have our phones. We have, I mean, we have everything. We have access to everything so quickly. The lust of flesh, what we want as soon as we want it. The lust of the eyes, things that we see, money, material things, other things that we want that other people might have, and the pride of life. The pride of life. Pride is, oh, what a sticky subject. (laughs) What a sticky subject pride is. And most people, when we initially think of pride, we think of it being as, well, you know, that's somebody who walks around, you know, with their chest puffed out, their chin out, and say, oh, I'm better than everybody else. That is only one aspect of pride. And we could teach on this probably for weeks too. That's only one aspect of pride. But do you know that if you are in fear and in worry... You're actually in pride. Like, what is that? How, how is that even possible? 
Because when you're in fear and you're in worry, you're believing that somehow you have some ability or some way to figure this out, to do something differently than the Almighty God can do in His perfect will, in His perfect timing. And we begin to walk around in fear. We're actually walking in pride when we begin walking in fear. And we have to be so very careful that we just think, oh, I'm not in pride. I don't walk around thinking I'm better than everybody else. It's actually, pride can be just the opposite. When you think that you're lower than everybody else, you think that somehow you can do anything. It's, it's God. It's all Him. It is all Him. All Him. It's verse 17. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. It is my prayer, it is our heart, it's the heart of Wednesday night, is that the Father's will be done. The Father's will be done in this church, in our lives. The Father's will is that none shall perish. That's why we're walking around touching all these seats, as we want to see a big-time move, harvest, of souls saved and turned towards him. His will is that none shall perish. Verse 18 says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they have been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. You know, church, there's a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of things that are out there that we have to be so careful of. And I would encourage you to, before you start listening to someone, before you start, you know, getting all into it, just bounce it up against the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? There are many great teachers out there, and I encourage you to find it. Others that, can, that pour into your life that you can really relate with and that can help you grow and all that. But we just have to always make sure, always make sure that is absolutely from the word of God. Verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Come on, church. An anointing from the Holy One that we can know all things. So he's saying don't get so worked up about not, there are some teachers out there. If you are unsure of the teacher, it's best to just leave it go and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want me to go do? How do you want me to go do it? What is your will for my life? We have an anointing that allows us to know all things. We, I mean, that's like, I just want to keep saying it over and over just to, so I can build my own faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And sometimes we have to hear it and hear it again. We have an anointing that allows us to know all things. Yes, and thank you, Lord. Yes, and thank you, Lord. We have the power from the Holy Spirit for guidance, for direction, to help us in every situation that we face. Wow. Verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth, we as Jesus' disciples can know the truth. And what the truth does is sets us free. It sets us free from condemnation, can set us free from fear. The truth, the word of God abiding in us defeats the wicked one. Defeats the wicked one. 20, verse 22. Who is a liar 
But he who denies that is Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son also has the Father. When we acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God, we have access to God the Father, the creator of all things. We have access to that. And what do we have to do? Verse 24 says, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Back to that word, abiding in us. So I looked up, what does abide mean? It means to, this is a long definition, but I just want you to listen to each part of this definition and think of your walk with Jesus in this light. To comply with, to obey, to observe, to follow, to keep to, to hold to, to conform to, to adhere to, to stick to, to stand by, to act in accordance with, to uphold, to heed, to pay attention to, to agree with, to consent to, to accept, to acquiesce in, to go along with, to acknowledge, to respect, and to defer to. Man, abide. (laughs) What does abide mean? It means all of that. Can we walk in all of that in our daily lives? I love that last one, to defer to. You know what, Jesus, I'm deferring to you in this situation. How many times, if we would just defer to him, would he do this? (laughs) Would he stop us from saying something? If we would just defer to him, abide in him each and every day. So how do we abide? How can we go abide? Let's go to Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 24. Again, Rich, I don't remember if I sent this to you or not. Kind of a last minute thing. Proverbs 4, verse 20. We read this a little bit last week. My, this, so how do we abide? So it's great to say we're going to abide, but what do we do to abide in the Word of God? And if the Word of God is Jesus and what He has done, then we have to do something with the Word of God. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. This to me is abiding. This to me is saying, Jesus, I will make you Lord of my life. I will walk with you. I will listen to you. I will put your word in my heart. I will not turn to the left. I will not turn to the right. I will not be double-minded in any way. I will not be tossed around by the waves of the sea. I will abide with you each and every day. Back to 1 John 2 in the second part of verse 24. If 
what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Abiding in Him. And I want to close with this scripture in John 15. And Corey, I think we all want to, I'd like to end with that other song if you have that, that last song with us tonight. In John 15, starting in verse 1, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And when I read that, I was just, and I've read it so many times, and I thought of, yes, you know, that branch that's not bearing any fruit, like it's springtime. I am cutting stuff down. I'm trimming stuff up. I want to get rid of all the stuff that's not bearing any fruit. I'm untying the trees. I'm doing all the things. But then it says, wait a second. Even branches that are bearing fruit, he wants to continue to prune them back so that they can bear even more fruit. So as the Lord is correcting us, as the Lord is leading us and guiding us, he's also leading and guiding us to get better in things we're already doing good at. Does that make sense? There are things that we're walking in our life that we are doing okay at, that he is pleased with, and we are seeking him, but he wants us to go further in those things. He wants us to go deeper in those things. And sometimes he begins to even prune things that seemingly, like, wait a second, that was doing some fruit, but he wants to continue to take you further and further and further. The next verse says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless we abide in him, the thought of even coming up with any kind of fruit is ridiculous. We cannot do it. And so I want to close tonight with another worship song. And I just want to spend just a minute or two at the end of that song that we would just pray that the Lord, that we would seek the Lord in everything that we do and that we would abide in him. We would defer to him, conform to him, adhere to him, stick to him, stand by him, act in accordance with him. Acknowledge Him in every area of our life. So stand with me and let's do it one more song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Precious name of Jesus. Father, we come to you tonight. Father, strengthen us to be able to abide with you. to walk with you, to follow you, to hold to, to conform to, to adhere to, to stick to, to stand by, to act in accordance with, to consent to, to pay attention to, to acknowledge, to respect, and to defer to. Father, strengthen us to abide in you each and every day. And Lord, we just lift up this Easter Sunday service to you. 
Father, we are expecting so many great things. We are going to worship you. We're going to celebrate you for who you are and what you've done. I thank you. We thank you for the working of miracles that you continue to perform. That you show yourself faithful day after day after day. So as we leave here tonight, our focus is on you. Our hearts are prepared. We will come expecting to see exceedingly abundantly more than we could even ask or imagine. And Father, we thank you that your will shall be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. That closes out tonight. If you have a specific prayer request that you have and you'd like someone to agree with you in prayer, we will be up here and we can pray with you. Otherwise, have a great evening. Enjoy the warm weather that's coming. Even warmer tomorrow. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.